Hey everybody, I want to take a second to tell you about Snagit 2022. I don't have time to go into all the details about Snagit 2022, but it has a variety of options for fast and easy to use video creation. It's got new ways to work across devices and platforms with the new cloud library. And your purchase or upgrade includes your first year of maintenance and the newly updated Snagit certification course. With 20 plus videos of Snagit how-tos, certification is a great way to help you speed up your workflows, unlock potential, and get your work done faster. So check out Snagit 2022 today at snagit.com. And now back to the podcast. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are, whether you're watching live or listening to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Matt Pierce, the Learning and Video Ambassador for TechSmith. We have got a great topic for today. We are going to be talking about the lessons that we've learned from YouTube creators. Now, there's a whole bunch there because we've talked to a lot of them and we watched a lot of them, as I'm sure a lot of you have as well. And we're compiling a bunch of those things that we've learned to share with you. So we've got some stuff I'm going to be going through today. A couple quick announcements. We haven't done announcements for a while. So I thought a couple things I want to update you on. First of all, Camtasia 2021, the newest version of Camtasia has been released. So if you're not familiar with the newest version of Camtasia, you haven't had a chance to check it out, go, you can go download a free trial, try it out. Even if you've got uh, 2020, you can put it, install it right alongside your previous, your, your current version. Give it a go, see if it's got some features that will work for you. You've got some really cool stuff to do with audio, got some cool stuff with some cool effects, new transitions, and, and much, much more. We'll actually be talking about it on a future show going through some of the key things. But today we're going we're gonna to stick into this topic of Lessons we've learned from YouTubers. So let's dive into the real important stuff here, talking about lessons from YouTubers. Now, let's go through some background stuff here, and I'm going to share a couple things because I think this is uh, really helpful. The 3% of adults in the U.S., so we're not talking even global here, but U.S. are using YouTube. So globally, I don't know if it's 50% or if it's a similar average number, but that's a lot of people are finding information on YouTube. So if you're a business and you're wondering, how can I reach my customers? YouTube is a great way to, to do that, right? Um, if you're trying to get your message out there, YouTube is another great place. And there's lots of places you could go and there's reasons you might not want to go to YouTube. So that's one thing to think about. And if you're not gonna go to YouTube, let me say this, that the things that people are doing on YouTube are, we'll, we'll call them great bellwethers to say like, what, what are they doing? How can I bring that into my organization? So please don't just think this is about going to YouTube. This is really about what can we learn from these creators who have been very successful and how can we apply that to whatever videos that I'm creating? So what you want to think about this is like, okay, what's what's applicable for me and my circumstances? If you're doing internal training, you're doing customer education, you're doing instructional design, you're doing technical documentation, you're, you're actually trying to get better video on YouTube, there's something here for everybody. Now, the next thing I want to say and point out is that people upload 500 hours of video every minute. And I think that's just to YouTube. So 500 hours every minute, that's an incredible amount. So there is competition here that we have to worry about. That means our videos need to stand out to some. Now, I'm a big advocate that you do not have to make the world's prettiest, most dynamic Hollywood style videos to be successful. And that's, I, we heard from Tim Schmoyer a couple weeks ago about that same thing, um, that, you know, personality over kind of performance in terms of dynamic content. Uh, so that's going to be really, really important. So just know there's a lot of competition, but that doesn't mean you can't do more. And what we're, we're going to do is help you to do more with what you've got. So again, I just want to be clear here. We're not going to be talking about publishing process. We're not going to be talking about the things that you need to do to publish. We're not going to be talking about... We're gonna be talking about how do you make your video better uh, in these in these ways that are not necessarily like, we'll add a call out, add a transition. Those things are important. It's important to know when to use them, but we're gonna be talking about really things that you can do. Um, and some of them that you don't, has nothing to do with your video editor. It has nothing to do with the other tools that you might be using. Uh, the way we're gonna do this today though, is we're, we've, we've done some interviews. We interviewed, I think it was at one event, 14 different YouTube creators and people in the video industry. And we asked them a lot of questions. And I've just taken a few clips from those interviews. If you're interested in those full interviews, you can go to TechSmith Academy, academy.techsmith.com and check those out. 
Um, but I want to bring these together and, and we'll, we'll go through this flow here of some of these messages. And I, I hope it resonates with you and I hope you find it valuable because I know as I've gone through this multiple times, there's always things I pick up and I think that's super, super helpful. So let's go back to this. Why, why look at YouTube creators? And I want to be really clear here. Sometimes we just call them YouTubers. That's a shorthand slang. One of the things I've learned in my role here at TechSmith is that as we've talked to a lot of these folks, they, yes, they are making videos on YouTube. Some of them, that is a primary means of income. Some of them, it's just a secondary thing. Uh, it's about more about promotion. But a lot of these folks that we talk to are hundreds of thousands of subscribers. I think Tim Schmoyer was on and he said 500,000. Uh, you know, I think uh, Sean Cannell, who we'll hear from, million uh, across these different channels and things like that. So the thing about, the reason why I want to look at these YouTube creators is that they've been successful at standing out. They've been successful at leveling up. They're smart business people. So this is not just about they make good videos and surely they do make good videos, but they've learned some things that to, to draw attention and capture people's interest. Now, some of that might be the particular topic. It's the message. And we, we all have to, we're responsible to figure that out for what we're doing. But I look at them because again, as a bellwether, they give us an indicator. They give us a place to look and say like, what are people doing that are capturing attention? Now, you might have a fixed audience of a thousand people inside your organization and you're going to pro, uh, post to them and they're going to have to watch it because it's a compulsory training or something like that. But why not make that a better experience for them, right? Why not make that a little bit better? I see Jonathan Rocks commenting star wipe. Of course, only if you're George Lucas can you use the star wipe though. So uh, let's, let's dive in here a little bit. I want you to think about something, and I'm gonna show just a quick snippet of this. This is Sean Canal, and this is one of his videos. This is what we're looking at, and see if this maybe resonates more with you. So we're talking about this, and we're not gonna watch much because that's not the point to watch Sean's video. Oh, let me go back to that. Let me share my screen so you guys can actually see that. The first thing that we're gonna okay, do here Sean is we can grab a screenshot. He He's literally just showing like video, but you can see here, let me just back up a little bit. You know, he's on camera, He's he's got a lot of elements. We're talking about this type of video, and... So how do you make awesome... Not this type of video, which I'm sure you're all, you've all watched on YouTube before. Right, the cat's gonna fall into the bathtub. Poor kitty cat. But we know that's the, that's the thing that YouTube gets accused of, right, is like, it's funny. It's got funny people. It's got cat videos. That's why people watch YouTube. No, 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 no. Let, let, let's clear the air here for all my friends out there that are watching or listening to this today. YouTube, it, there is a section that is purely entertainment. I can't tell you the number of Minecraft video, Age of Empire videos, Mr. Beast videos that get recommended to me because that's what my kids watch a lot of. YouTube is obviously a large section of it is for entertainment purposes, right? No doubt about that. But I always like to say, like, if Google's our number one how-to or search engine, YouTube is the largest how-to engine. There's so much good content out there that you can just go and learn from. I mean, everything from the mundane or things that, like hobby stuff that you don't care about to, to like serious business topics, you can go and learn from people. Now, is it always the best? Is It's not vetted necessarily, but it's, you know, the algorithm is trying to raise people up. And so we want to be focused on the right things. We want to be focused on the type of videos that we really want. Um, and there's really a lot of great examples out there that I think we can learn from. So let's, let me go ahead and switch back here. So this is Sean. We just saw a very small clip from Sean. We're going to watch some clips from him, from our interviews with him. And I love this quote. I think that any business that wants to be relevant actually makes sales and being uh, that wants to be relevant and actually make sales and be in business in the next five years needs to have a video part of their strategy. We have seen that video, especially uh, 2020, video has become a, an essential part of business processes, right? Like it's not just like a nice to have, it's almost at the point where it is, you have to have video someplace. If you're doing training, you're doing sales, video can play into that and make a lot of difference. So let's hear what Sean has to say, and then we can talk about it. And of course, you got questions about any of this stuff, go ahead and drop it in the comments. Hey, I think that uh, video is absolutely something they should get started with. I mean, number one, really your smartphone is enough to get started, even if you're a business. 
And the business might say, well, we need to look professional, but phones are shooting HD video, 4K video. I think the first investments you'd want to make are going to be in lighting and audio. You can just take the smartphone you already have, but if you add some lights into that mix and you put just a microphone connected to whatever device you have, that's gonna be important for making sure people can hear you and see you. But the next thing I would say is that, uh, you know, Social Media Examiner released an article that video is people's preferred content format of choice. Cisco said that by 2019, 90% of the content on the internet is gonna be video. So why I absolutely believe in blogging and podcasts and audio, I think that any business that wants to be relevant and actually make sales and be in business in the next five years needs to have video as part of their strategy. Yeah, I think Sean lays it out pretty clearly there. If we we want to integrate video. And and so you're probably watching this thinking, yeah, I know that, Matt. I'm, I'm, that's why I'm here watching you, spending my time with you is because you already believe this. But this is, I think, a great message for anyone who's still maybe on the fence. Now look, video is not a silver bullet. It will not solve all of our problems, but it is a great tool to enhance a lot of the work that we're already doing. So let's, let's keep going here because I think we've got a lot to go through. So one of the things I think is really important to note here is that the idea, there's a lot of ideas around video about what kind of, what should your video look like? Video is obviously something that we watch, we've seen, most of us have seen for a very long time. We have this kind of mental image if I say, oh, let's watch a movie or let's watch a, a, a show. You're picturing television, you're picturing Hollywood, Marvel movies, Netflix produced documentaries, things that have a big, big budget. But the problem with that is if that's our mindset about our videos, it's really hard to meet those expectations because we're not professional videographers. We don't have the same budget for camera equipment, gear, studio space, microphones, etc. But the thing that we can do is we don't have to be perfect. Now we heard Sean just say in that previous clip that like you, you've got a, a device that can shoot 4K video right here. Like if in your phone, if as long as it's relatively modern, it's gonna shoot pretty good video. There's some techniques we have to learn, but the, the real trick is we don't want to worry about perfection. So I know it's easy to say, but it's one of those things easy to say, hard to do. So I want I want to make sure we're not getting caught in this idea. And we're gonna let's let's learn a little bit more. Going back to Sean, he says, I think it could be scary to get on camera at first, and so we like to say punch perfection is perfectionism, easy for him to say, in the face, punch fear in the face and just hit the publish. We're going to listen to this quote, so I don't want to read the whole thing, but I love this idea and we'll talk about it afterwards that we're just going to, we're just going to take that idea of perfectionism and we can, we can throw it out the window. doesn't mean you don't have to be good enough, but good enough as we see is a sliding scale depending on what we're trying to do. So let, let me go ahead and switch over here and uh, make sure we got the audio up uh, so you guys can, you guys can hear it a little bit better. And it can be go. scary to get on camera at first. And so we like to say punch perfectionism in the face, punch fear in the face and just hit publish because you just got to put out your first videos. And the reality, Matt, is your first videos are going to be your worst videos. Mm -hmm. Like we all start horrible. Like and I think that's the fear. We're afraid of putting out some bad videos, but you actually just accept the fact they're going to be bad and get those ones out there. Your first video is going to be bad. I've probably shared this story before, but I'm going to share it again. So when I went to apply a long, long time ago now at TechSmith, they asked me to make a video as part of my job application. And it's like, make a video teaching one of the features in Camtasia, which at that point, I'd never actually used Camtasia. So, you know, you do what you do. And I hadn't made a lot of video. And so I thought, oh gosh, this is going to be tough. And I still have that video. I recently made sure I found it, made sure it's backed up. So I will keep it for all time. And I watched it and I cringed and I almost cried. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so lucky they hired me because it was terrible. It was awful. The audio was terrible. The, the, the flow of the video was terrible. It was too long. It just had stuff that didn't need to be there. However, that doesn't matter because it got me the, helped me get the job. And I have learned so much since then about making better video. And so I, I love this idea, punch perfection in the face. Just say like, if you've never made video, if you're still on the edge, this is the call. This is the time to say like, I'm gonna make a video. Now you don't have to go out and even use your, your smartphone. You, you've, we've got products that we make that would help you. you could, there's lots of products you could use, but I actually really enjoy making a quick, 
video in Snagit. In fact, I was talking to a coworker today, and we were talking about a system we use. I won't, I won't give away the name because I don't, I don't know if that would be appropriate. And we're using this tool, and I'm like, they're like, oh gosh, this was really hard. And they're like, I'm like, give me the feedback. We'll, we'll give it on, uh, send it to our customer service uh, manager. And they're like, okay. I'm like, you know what? Better yet, make a video, just a Snagit, quick Snagit video showing the problem. And I'm like, because that will speak volumes more than us writing out an email to say, this was hard or this was diff more difficult than it should be. A quick video and you can see like, this took us 12 clicks. We think it could be done in eight. So make that first video. Don't worry if it's gonna be terrible or, or just get the first one done and then we'll get better and better, which we'll, we'll talk about here in a second. It could be scary to get on camp. It could be. So moving to another creator, since we've seen a lot of Sean, Sean comes back. Don't worry if you like Sean. Um, let's, let's quote from Nick Nimmons. He says, when you overdo it or have the perfection thing going on, then what happens is you spend so much time on one video just trying to make everything perfect where you could have made an extra one, two, or three videos in the amount of time. So let's listen to, to Nick's words and then we'll talk a little bit more about it. When you overdo it and you have that perfection thing going on, then what happens is you spend so much time on one video just trying to make everything perfect to where you could have made an extra, you know, one, two, or three videos in the amount of time that it takes you to put that one video together. Now, with that said, I'm not saying to put garbage out right. there, right? Um, but, but being uh, so caught on the perfection side of things that it's, that it's limiting you um, is, in my opinion, that's a humongous mistake. All right, you know, what a great what a great point. Oftentimes we think, oh, video is expensive. It can be. And then we think, well, I'm gonna spend so much time making it perfect that we could maybe, if we could do two or three videos, that cost comes down and the value goes up if the, the message is good and it's understandable. Now, again, I, I wanna be careful here because we're riding that, that line of there's perfection and then there's just bad. Right, and we gotta find that happy medium and it's good enough. And uh, I think to, to this point, like you wanna make sure you're making a video that's understandable, it's clear, good, good audio. You know, if you got camera video, you do maybe some lighting. Um, you don't need a DSLR, you could use your smartphone, but it needs to be understandable. And that's the key, is the information getting across, are you helping the people that you're trying to help? Um, but on the other hand, can you make it faster? Can you, can you say like, you know what? We don't really need to worry too much about that part of it. Let's skip that or let's, you know, we're going to go on the, the, the fly a little bit more. Um, I'm an advocate of that. That doesn't mean you still don't do things like write scripts, storyboard, plan your shoots. Do you actually, you know, you can still all do that well, but you're trying to get rid of the stuff that doesn't really matter if something's not perfect, uh, especially early on. Uh, and depending on the project, sometimes it's, again, turn on your, your screen recorder Record your screen, record a PowerPoint, put yourself in a picture-in-picture -picture kind of situation, and and you'll be uh, you'll be good. So continue on this path of perfection here, or not perfection, I should say. And uh, I saw uh, Daniel's comment. Uh, sorry if, if I get your the name wrong. Oriolua, Oriolua. I hope I said that right. Uh, I'll think about showing you my video. I'll think about it. I, I think I know where it's at. We'll, we'll consider it. We'll see how time goes here. Okay, so this is Amy Landino. If you guys don't know Amy, wow, amazing. She does a lot on Instagram. She does like two videos a week on YouTube. She is fantastic. Just a great human being as well. Uh, and she says perfection leads us to not be consistent, which just hear her out. So let's hear Amy, and then we're gonna, we're gonna talk a little bit more about it. And that is always the mistake because Perfection leads us to not be consistent. And consistency is the big piece of every point of contention with video. We can't start because we don't have the right gear. We can't start because we don't have the right person on camera. We can't start. And then maybe you do start and you find out how much work it takes to just do one project or make all the repurposable pieces of that one project to make it truly worth the one. And then continuing. Consistency ends up being the hardest thing. So perfection is always everyone's biggest mistake, it's definitely mine, because I'll think, oh gosh, like, I wanna do this kind of video, but I need this and I need to do that. And then when I'm like, no, the audience wants it now. I right. just need to get it out. Yeah, what, what videos can do better? The one that is gonna be perfect or the one that is actually delivering on the content, delivering on the message, delivering on whatever. So I, I love what Amy has to say here, right? Because 
a lot of people fall into this trap and they think, oh gosh, I can't make that video because I don't have a good enough camera. Can't make the video because I don't have this. I can't make it because I, I, I didn't do this. And the reality is, fine. You can spend weeks and months planning to make a video, but if you never deliver the video, how is anyone gonna ever benefit from it? So again, I don't, I'm almost getting to a point where I'm like hitting on this, hitting on this, hitting on this, and I, I hope, I hope the message is clear, right? Like, let's not get trapped in that sense of perfectionism. Uh, sometimes that consistency of delivery is way more important that we're gonna get that message out, we're gonna get that to them, especially in training environments just in time. I saw one comment coming earlier, and I'm trying to remember who said it, uh, but don't make people hate training because it's it's needed, right? We don't want people to hate our training just because they have to train it. Take it. We should actually, that should be the ones that we should be saying like, how do we make this great so that not only do they have to take it, they want to take it because that's there's obviously benefit to the organization and potentially to them. Uh, Jonathan Rock just said, nobody can subscribe to one perfect video. We need a series of them. So a series of perfect videos or a series of videos. We'll see. Uh, another comment here I'll share just real quick from Jane Davids. I shared a video that was good enough today. Good for you, Jane. Says, felt awkward, but I got the message out there and when they needed it, uh, got the message out there when they needed it. So tempting to keep editing. That's exactly what we're talking about. That That's the challenge, right? If we keep editing it and they never get the message, we're not actually succeeding. Our, it doesn't matter how good the video is if no one ever sees it. So it's I, I totally, totally get it. Let's, uh, we're gonna keep going on this path. Uh, so here we go. Tim Schmoyer, we just talked to Tim. What? Tim's awesome. So go back and watch a previous episode of the Visual Lounge. You can see Tim and hear more of the great wisdom that he shared. But this is from a little while ago. He said, we have the craft for YouTube. People have different expectations for the content. One of those different expectations is the is like they expect it to not be television. So Tim is speaking specifically to YouTube, that there is a benefit to YouTube, right? There's a benefit that it is a content creator-driven platform with some organizations making content. And there's a lot of organizations, but the expectations are different. So I think there's one thing that we might need to do is start shaping the expectations a little bit for our audiences. You know, if they if they only ever expect Hollywood quality videos, that's not realistic. You can't afford that. You can't do that all the time. But we can start saying like, look, there's good information here, but it was just shot at my desk in my home office. Uh, and that could be good enough. And what that looks like, and you know, you'll have to figure that out and you can ask them. So let's, let's go ahead and, and listen to Tim though. So we have the craft for YouTube. People have different expectations expectations for the content and one of those different expectations is like they expect it to be not television a little less quality a little hate shaky hand cam is fine sometimes it actually works better for it to feel more raw and more authentic uh, you'll get better retention for example um, as opposed to like a super polished thing so uh, but it depends on the audience you're going after if you're going after you know uh, lawyers who are thinking about working with your brand in terms of like you're training them in some way or they, they might have a higher expectation. But if you're going after moms with kids, they're going to be like an iPhone video. I, I, they're like, I get it. Yeah, it's, it's, you got things to do. So, right. I love that. So the big takeaway for me here is that think about your audience. Are they moms? Maybe, probably not, but maybe, are they lawyers? And, and what are the expectations? And again, we can help set those expectations, but we can also adjust the, the quality level based on what we're gonna need. Now, the other thing I'll say is if you're making a video and you're gonna put this in the Super Bowl advertisement lineup, you might wanna invest in an agency to do that, right? Like, But if you're, you're putting out there and it's a tutorial video and it's not perfect, um, I know I'd much rather get the answer to my question than, than wait a year for you to get that video done um, because it's probably gonna be out of date. So I feel like I'm saying a lot of the same things here, but I, I hope that the message is clear. We are gonna go on to a different topic here in, in just a minute. Um, but I think again, you know, know your audience, talk to your audience, um, and really be, be thinking about those things so that you can make the best of, of whatever content you're creating. Let me just check something out here, okay. I think we got one more on this kind of topic and then we'll, we'll, we'll switch gears here a little bit. Nick, back to Nick Nimmin. 
Uh, just so you know, if, if you watch this video and you see my face, Nick and I looked like brothers from different mothers. Uh, we looked incredibly similar when I had my beard. Uh, so he says, you know, it's always important to be testing. So along this line, we're talking about perfectionism. We're talking about these things. You know your audience, know what they're going to, what's going to resonate with them, ask them, but then start testing it. You might have to try several different things to figure out what it is is that's going to really work for your audience. So real quick, before we, we show Nick's clip, we at TechSmith, one of the things that we do video for a lot is we have internal share outs. So for instance, for this particular live stream, we do this every week. We obviously look at the numbers, we look at subscribers, we look at viewership, we look at all sorts of things. A lot of that sitting, sits in my head on a weekly basis, but every so often I share out like, hey, how's it going? Is this worth our time? Is it worth our effort? What are we learning? What are the things that we've discovered through this process? And I do that oftentimes through a video. Now, I, I, there's a lot, I could spend a lot of time on that video, but I try not to. But we'll often have very quirky videos. In fact, uh, and I don't have it keyed up, so I don't think I can show it. Um, but there's one in this, I did a two-parter, and it was about some refresh stuff that we did at TechSmith Academy, and about this document that I created about kind of some of the strategy around what we're doing. And in the middle there, I had a transition. And so I had probably, I don't know, five or six different takes of me saying something like, uh, part do more information, part two, the information returns part two, like I just, and I cut those together because I was feeling silly at the time, but part of that was very authentic, right? People are used to seeing Matt be a little bit silly, but what I needed from that moment is I needed something to help them to bridge the gap and not just tune out. They had seen the cool updates, visual updates we did to TechSmith Academy. And then here's this other information. And so I, it, but it was very authentic. It was very real to me. It was fun, but it was, it was me just trying a bunch of different things. And I, instead of just picking one, I put like five of them in there and they were super quick, right? Like one second, a second and a half each. Not, so it wasn't a lot of time. Um, but I think as you think through these things, you want to test. Now, the real question is, is did it work uh, to get people to continue watching? And that's something I'll have to look at. Did that move people along or did it interfere with them watching? So back back to Nick here. Let's let's listen to what he has to say. It's the board. It's important to always be testing. You know, test what it is that you're making. Test and see what people respond to the most. You know, there's some cases where people are responding highly to people just walking around with their phone. The footage is shaky, and as video people, you know, we look at that. And we're like, oh my god, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. But people are responding to it in a big way because of the personality or because of the information being shared or the story that's being shared from that creator. Now, I don't recommend shaky video. I'm not a fan. But to, to Nick Nimmin's point is that, you know, when we when we first started doing, say, the, the, the Visual Lounge, it, we didn't even have a name for it. We are just going live, right? I literally set that up uh, in my home office with my crappy internet and my smartphone uh, and a microphone. Uh, because we felt it was much more important to get the information out. It was when everyone was, you know, uh, lockdowns were happening, remote work was just really kicking in and, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, I got to figure this out. And we felt we, we had something valuable to say. We had information that would help people around video creation, remote working remotely. You know, obviously we've got tools that can help with that. We wanted to get the word out. If I go back and watch them, I'm like, oh man, that quality wasn't good. I didn't. I had. I brought lights from the studio, and these were just our cheapest knock. There was like metal cans that you put a light bulb in, and I'd put those up. It wasn't great, but what what the reality is is at the end of the day, that was more important to do to get the information out than it was to try to wait until I could get approval for budget for for lights or camera or other things, and so. Uh, you know, like to Nick's point, again, be testing, be looking at the things, you know, do what's going to work for your audience. Um, and there's going to be times and places when there, you might have all sorts of things. Like sometimes it might be okay to be like, hey guys, what's up? I just want to give you a quick update on these three things and blah, 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 right? Shaky sel selfie video. And other times you're going to be want more buttoned up, more polished videos with a, maybe a teleprompter, things like that. So be thinking through those types of things and what works best for your audience. Speaking of audience, Let's talk about your audience because your audience is a key factor. Oftentimes we talk about video in the terms of you as a creator. It's about what you do, the script you write, the story you're telling, the message you're giving out, whatever those things are. But we need to remember that everything that we do up front to make this, everything we're doing to make this video is for an audience. I have never made a video just for me to enjoy. Uh, I mean, I may have enjoyed it, 
I may have enjoyed the process, I may have enjoyed watching it afterwards, but I've never made a video that I didn't want someone else to watch. And it might not be a large audience, it might not be I'm trying to reach the entire internet, but I do create videos for other people. My share out video that I mentioned before was for all the marketing department, plus, I know that the senior leadership of our, our company is gonna watch it. Other, our customer education team might watch it. Others in the organization might watch it. So I made it for them. Um, I've made videos, uh, you know, family videos. The idea is that like someday I'm gonna share those with my kids, maybe my grandkids and who knows, right? But very rarely do people make videos just for themselves. So let's let's think about the, that role of the audience here. And let's go to Amy Landino and what she's got to say. Um, and I love, I love what she says here, and let's, let's just go ahead and listen to it. If you're just getting started, my opinion is that you need to focus on who you're talking to. So really understanding who that individual is, because that's going to make every single decision along this path of getting started with video. I'm gonna go back to this just so we can read it. Uh, you know, I love this. And uh, I don't know if I don't know if I, it's the next quote or if Amy, we have Amy talking about it in this kind of setup that I did. She she knows her audience. She's very targeted on who what type of person she's talking to. So, so much to the point where she has a persona that she's created, you know, thought about kind of their attributes, their age, the things that they, they're interested in, things that they're not interested in. And when she makes a video, she's making it for them. Now, if you're doing internal video creation for your, your organization, you don't you might still have personas, depending on the size of your organization. I work at a, you know, TechSmith isn't a large, huge, massive company. We're pretty small. So I get a good sense I know who I'm talking to. Mike, and that's who I'm talking to. Uh, if you're working at a thousand plus person company, two thousand, three thousand per five, ten, a hundred thousand person, you might need some personas to say, like, yeah, I'm talking to this very specific type of group and, and individual. That can be super helpful to guide you along the pathway to making sure that your message is going to resonate with them. And I, that's a great, it's a great place to start. Okay, Amy's got a, a couple other things to say here, and we're just gonna, we're gonna dive in with, with her next quote. I think the tougher thing, depending on what your format is, is I'm not used to talking to a camera when there's other people around, like staring at me. It's really weird for me. This is totally <laughs> different, where I get to sit in my office alone and have a conversation. And the reason is, it's gotten easier for me because I'm looking at somebody and I know who they are, and I think about them, and I think about what they go through, and I think about their questions and the last comments that they left me. And when I'm thinking about that one person, it makes it so much easier. Yeah, I, I love that. And it threw me off a little bit because I, I didn't remember the exact starting of the quote. But, you know, so here I am in my office all by myself, looking at a camera. Matt's eyes are staring back at me. But I, I, I'm trying to think about, like, Jane and J-Rock. I know Jonathan Rock. J-Rock, we got the inside thing going. You know, uh, Oriolua, Taz, Autumn is here. You know, all Garth is here. All these great people. I'm, I'm trying to think about what you need. That's why we always have ask if there's questions because sometimes I don't know. Like you, you all come from a very different background, different circumstances. So I want to make sure we're providing the right information. So I love what Amy says here because she is having that conversation with them. And now, you know, She's got a lot of practice. She can have that conversation. But for you, you can be thinking about, you know, what is what is Sue on the third floor when when we're in back in the office? What is you know she's doing accounting stuff. What is, what does she need from this training video? What does she need from this? Or I'm I'm doing a marketing video, and so what what information does this segment need? And and you're really trying to embody and pull out that information because that's going to make a very different video. It's going to allow you to create a very much more personal feeling video, one that hopefully really connects with them, um, which I think is, is, is super, super important. Okay, so a little bit more about audience here. So let's, let's actually talk to our man, Owen Video. Owen is actually going to be on our show next week. So if you like what Owen has to say, we're gonna have him next week on the show talking to him about YouTube and video creation and all the stuff he's doing. He actually does a lot of work with small, small businesses, creating videos, helping them to you know, connect with their audiences. Um, but I love what he says about thinking about the audience. So Amy said, think about your audience. And I think Owen here is going to help us bring this into perspective. But you've got to remember that your listener, your viewer has a problem. He's got a house that's too small. He's got a grandma that's too sick. He's got a church that's too busy. He's got soccer practice that's too often. And that's who you're speaking to. 
you are not speaking to yourself. You are not speaking to your own ego. You are speaking to that person that you aim to help. If you're a software developer and you're developing software for nurses, that nurse is who you're talking to. And when you look into that lens and you think about the needs of your core audience, I find the stress and the anxiety melt away and you become who you were meant to be, which is the, serve, the server, right? The, the provider of solutions to that particular person. Uh, looking in the glass lens never gets easier, but there are better ways to power through that. Yeah, I, I just, I love that comment, right? Because people people are not going out searching for your video usually just because they they have something they want for it. I've been, uh, not to get off too many side tangents here, but I've been recently learning a new tool. It's personal, it's completely a personal thing. Uh, for those who know me, I'm a, a super nerd and I play Dungeons and Dragons and I've got a new mapping tool. It's super cool, super cool things it can do. But it's way more complicated than I thought it was gonna be. Uh, but the thing is, I, so I have, a, I have a thing I'm trying to do. And so I'm going to look for videos and I can tell you, I have rejected a, watching a lot of videos for a number of reasons, but I'm so grateful for those people that are, that their goal is to not grow on YouTube is their goal is to help to make people more successful. It's to make them able from, in this case, for me to be able to use that tool, um, now, in every case, you know, some cases you're trying to, you do want to convince people to do things. You want to, you want to move your agenda along. But I think at the end of the day, I, I like what he says is that, you know, talking to the camera, not, not necessarily going to get easier, but when you're thinking about your purpose and your goals, your objectives, it does make it a little bit clearer and, you know, feels a little bit more natural than, because this is not natural, which we'll, we'll hear more about here in a, in a minute or two. So... That's really about audience. I think some great quotes, some great ideas in here. So uh, I'm just going to kind of keep up with the chat a little bit, guys. You guys have some great conversation. And I I really, really appreciate you guys chiming in and chatting. I saw uh, some good things. I've, Taz, just to call Taz out here and see if I can bring it up on screen because I, I thought it uh, was a good comment. I think the biggest thing is getting going. We are afraid of failure of some type. It's the jump into the pool for the first time. Now that I'm retired for teaching, I have the time. And absolutely, Taz, I, I'm glad that you bring that up because I think it's super valuable point. But for most of us, let's not worry. You know, t you make time for the things that you want, right? And if you want to be successful with video, you're going to make time to, to, to practice, to make some video, to get better. Um, and I, I, not, not much else you can do with it. With that said, let's talk about getting better. Uh, we talked about the perfectionism problem. We talked about knowing our audience. I think those things really play really well together. One thing that's true for not all videos is that you may choose, much like I'm doing here today, you may choose to be on camera. And if you are choosing to be on camera, you may feel a little bit of dread. You might feel a little sickness in your stomach. You might be like, I feel so awkward. This is weird. It's tiring to look at yourself. Uh, there are studies in from Zoom about if people look at their, if they have their own camera video on, they tend to stare at it. They tend to look at it. They get tired out more by it. So it's it's definitely a thing, right? And it it's not natural. It doesn't feel right. But let's talk about how we can actually get this process of being better. And I I love the things that the our, our folks that we interviewed said. There's a whole course we actually made out of all the interviews. Those 14 interviews, you can go find it on TechSmith Academy. But uh, let's let's jump over to to Tim Schmoyer, and he actually talks about one of the things you can do is just have somebody with you. So let's go ahead and hear Tim's quote. Sometimes it helps to actually have a friend right behind the camera. Some people this is a little bit weird, corny, but it works. Some people tape a picture of their like customer avatar or ideal target audience or a friend who represents that for them below the right below right on the tripod below the camera. I love it. I, I just need a custom cutout of all your faces right here so I can talk to you specifically. Uh, the point being is that we we have the psychological thing that we're not looking at a face, we're looking at a lens. And so it feels awkward. Like I'm in an empty room. There's no one in here. Who am I talking to? And except for the chat, there could really be no one there. Like, and that can feel awkward. And when I make videos that I'm not going live on, 
it is awkward, right? And so you got to find ways to to get the energy and you got to figure out how am I going to make that connection? And not just, I think it helps like Tim's idea is have somebody there so you can talk to them. It just makes it feel a little bit more natural. So um, I definitely would, you know, just think about what's going to work for you guys. What's going to, what's going to help you connect with that audience. And I thought, I think Tim's is a, a great suggestion. Maybe not one that you're going to use. Um, I haven't used that trick particularly. I have uh, asked people to come into the studio before when we when we could gather, um, but I can tell you from personal experience that over the years, just the more I do it, it does get easier. It's maybe not my favorite thing, but it does get easier over time, and and you'll get better at it. So going back to Sean Canal, we've seen Sean a couple times now, and I, I I Sean is just full of energy. He's just passionate. And so let's let's hear what Sean's got to say. What I've learned is you just gotta own it. So the same is true on camera. Now you can't see anybody, you're just talking to a lens and that's weird, but own it, you know, be you, be you times two. Be bold because that's what other way is there to be. I think that a lot of times people get on camera and they apologize, don't apologize. Love it. Don't apologize. Be you, but be you a little bit more, right? Like, uh, I mean, that's what we're trying to bring here. We're trying to bring some energy. We're trying to bring that feeling. I, and I, I say this a lot because when you get in front of the camera, if you're just kind of, if I'm just doing my normal sitting at my desk thing, maybe I'm a little bit slumpy and, you know, like li literally, sorry for the, any extra noise here. I'm going to, I'm going to sit up. I'm going to open up my airways the best I can. I'm going to, I'm going to bring some energy and excitement because I want you to understand that this is important. And there's lots of tricks you can do. And this is not about the tricks, but this is about authentically turning up the volume a little bit on your energy because that's going to be what it needs to get through. So I love this quote. I love, you know, Sean's punch perfection in the face, bring a little bit of energy. It's it's awesome. A couple comments here I want to make sure we get to as we're going. Uh, Jane David asks, anyone use a photo close to the camera to help make it feel like you're talking to a person, not a camera? It's a great question, Jane. I'd love to, to know your comments down below or over the side, wherever you're watching at. Garth says, I've put a set of googly eyes on the top of the camera before. Great for focusing on eye contact. You know, this is really important. If you're, you're working with someone, especially if they don't know where to look, you have to guide them. You have to teach them, right? And so I, I, I have my eye line. I know where my camera is. I can look right at the lens if I look directly at the lens, like, hello. Or I can look, I've got a, a little monitor behind the camera and I can look right there and that's about the right level too. So you just have to know where to look because what you don't want is this. And I know I have to look over here to read quotes sometimes, but like if I'm just always looking over here, this is, happens on Zoom a lot. People are doing this because their camera's here and their other screen is over here. It just kind of feels disconnected. Like, why aren't you looking at me? Connection, right? Humans, faces. We recognize faces from a very early age. And there's just something there. Um, you want to connect with people. Eyes, the eyes are a great way to do that. So, all right, let's move on to the next quote. We're going to go back to our friend Owen. Uh, and we're just going to, again, just dive right in with his with his quote. So, Create in, in a series, create in a playlist where you're going to go, okay, today I'm going to make five videos about, you know, pancakes and, and, and those, those do me my, my five videos, which falls in perfectly with my last point, which is batch production, right? No company has ever asked me for awe video, right? Hey, Owen, we'd like to do awe video with you. It's, it's never that. It's, it's we want lots of videos. You want a library of videos. Um, so you don't want to get your lights, get your camera, get your webcam, get your thing ready and do one video. That's a ridiculous waste of your time. You want to do all five of those pancake videos in one setting, if possible, if not two, but in a place where you're not resetting up every day. So to Owen's point, the thing I think is important here is that there is benefit to batching. And if you want to get better, it, sometimes it can be easier just to do all at once from a consistency standpoint. The downside is, is that if you ever made a lot of videos, it can be tiring. You got to watch your voice. You got to make sure you're drinking some water. You got to be doing all the things to take care of yourself. I, my longest kind of consecutive video shoot is uh, for TechSmith Academy. You can go watch these videos. It's about screen recording. We In two days, we shot what turned into 30 videos. So they're not long videos, two, three minute videos. And then we also did another video called nine tips for screen recording. Most of those were scripted. So for basically 
to, it works out about eight hours of recording. Uh, I mean, it's not, the videos are not that long, but yeah, I, you know, I'm reading off a script off a teleprompter and I'm making mistakes. I got to do it again and again and again, but I love doing it that way. It was, it was tiring, but I love doing it that way because it made it all consistent, made it easy. I, you know, I could look consistent. Uh, my hair wasn't going from, well, it's never going to go anywhere longer than this, but you get the point, right? And the other, the nine tips video was all improv. So it wasn't meant to be, it wasn't scripted. I just did an improv on it, but I, I could bring the energy. I could bring the connection. I could be thinking about my audience and I didn't have to kind of shift gears between lots of things. So I like his suggestion, like let's, let's batch produce things. Now I've mentioned this quote. I mentioned this idea a little bit before about it not being natural to be on camera. Our friend and Andrew can, uh, if anyone can, it's Andrew. And uh, anyway, he talks about this, and I think it's it's super valuable to remember that we're we're not. This is not a natural thing that we're doing here. So for me, being on camera was something I tried to avoid at all costs, and it was because it felt unnatural. It's not natural to be in front of a camera. I often have to remind people that but it is a choice you make. You make a choice on the pants you wear, you make a choice on the shirt you wear, and you make a choice to be on camera. You remember that that choice is important to you. What did you go in front of that camera for? Is it for yourself? Is it for someone else? And think about it this way. Instead of thinking the camera is the enemy, the camera is your friend. The camera is your ability to tell and spread what you're trying to do. Yeah. The camera is your friend. We often think of it as an adversarial relationship. I don't want to be on camera. I don't, it, I think it's a lot of body personal issues, right? Like I don't look good. I didn't, I forgot, to, I didn't shave this morning. I always shave on Thursdays. Uh, my hair, I'm losing my hair. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I'm, I, I, you know, my eyebrows are too, whatever your problem is, the camera doesn't care. It, all it is trying to do is whatever you want it to do. It's sharing the message that you want to share. And so, I mean, look, person, personally, Self-esteem issues are a thing, and I understand that. The camera doesn't care, though. Your audience, most likely, if you're giving them good information, doesn't care. So be mindful of that. Like, again, as Andrew said, it's not natural. It can get easier. It can get You can get better at it. This is a skill that you can learn. It's a skill that you can hone, but you need to understand your audience. You need to understand what they want, and then you need to understand what it's going to take to make it better. So... Just keep that going here. I want to switch gears here a little bit. We've done a lot of quotes. I want to share this. This is from a study from YouTube. And uh, Jesse, if you can put the link into the chat, uh, we'll, we'll share this with you guys. It was really interesting. They watched, I think it was 12,000 uh, viewers, and they, they did some surveys. And I don't know if they did interviews. I don't remember. But these are some things that they came up with, like, um, why do they watch videos? And it's like, it teaches me something new, allows me to dig, dig deeper into my interests. And number five was relates to my passions. I think for most of us who are going to probably ever watch or listen to this content, that falls into what we're trying to do. We're trying to teach something. We're trying to allow them to dig a little deeper. I know we do, when we make Camtasia videos, that's what we're trying to do. Teach you something, allow them to dig in deep, deeper. Passion stuff. I don't know if you're passionate about Camtasia, but we are. And we hope that other people find it valuable to, to maybe not maybe not be their passion. We don't necessarily want Camtasia to be your passion, but we want it to enable you to share messages and, and other things about your passion. So if you're passionate about making awesome onboarding training, we want Camtasia to do that. And so hopefully that comes through and that's why you're you're watching those videos. So just something to, something to think about there in terms of like, why people are making videos and these YouTube creators do a, a great job. Now, one of the things I want to share here is I want to look at two other videos uh, and these are side by side. And the reason we're looking at this is because one of the things we've talked about is the perfectionism. We talked a lot about different things. These folks, all wonderful, amazing creators, smart business people, they look great. They sound smart. They've done so much, but when they made their first videos or early videos, it didn't look like the things that they're making today. If you go out and look for Nick Nimmin's channel, you'll see he makes amazing videos, amazing set, awesome. Sean Canal, we're gonna look at this example and let's let's see what this looks like. Okay, so this video right here, uh, I'll just play for a half second or something. Six things in particular, this might seem really obvious to some people. I mean, that's an early video of Sean's, right? Like 
We won't make any commentary about the, the setup, but you can see his backdrop. Now let's go ahead and look at a current, a more current video. I don't think this is, it's uh, probably it was in 2020, so it's not quite, you know, a few months have elapsed since it was published challenge. In this session, I'm going to be talking about the journey to a million subscribers. And there's been a lot of ups and downs. I mean, just on the surface, like his camera quality has improved, his presence has improved. Uh, you know, he's aged a little bit. Not that that has anything to do with it, but like he's changed. He's grown. His, his early videos probably would look back and say they're not great. But he's been able to keep working on it and progress so he's gotten better. And that's what our message from one of the biggest takeaways from YouTubers is, is that most of the people that are successful on YouTube, it was not an overnight success. There, are there some? Sure. Are there some who are just really awesome at video making? Yes. But people like Sean have had to work at it. And they put in the time, they put in, in, in I guess, in uh, exercise lingo, they put in the reps, right? They, they did it over and over and over and over. Same with Amy Landino, same with Brian Fanzo, same with everybody. Myself is included in there and you should be in there too. We want you to put in some reps and get better at making videos. Make a video today, make a video tomorrow, and then figure out like, well, what's one thing I could do better? How do I make that a little bit better? And then make another one and another one and another one. And there is no substitute here and I think that's one of the main takeaways that our, our friends that, that we've talked to would tell you about making videos. So with that said, uh, I want to make sure if there's time, if anyone's got questions, uh, we'll happily take those. But before I do that, let me just do a quick. If you like what you're hearing about making videos, if you like what you're hearing today, what I'm presenting, you can check out the Visual Lounge podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, or you can, if you, you put down that link, you can go out there. We're also on YouTube. We're on Facebook. Videos are all on Facebook that we do live. They're all on LinkedIn. So we're pretty much anywhere you want to get us. If you're interested in stuff, we'd love to have you go out, give us a like, subscribe, do those things to help us know that this is valuable content. And I, and I will tell you that, um, Looking at your comments, I'm, I'm hoping that it is. I hope you're getting valued by listening and watching today. So, uh, Jesse, if there are any questions, go ahead and just, we can share those. But I appreciate everybody tuning in. We want to thank, of course, Jesse O'Donnell for being behind the scenes, interacting with you guys on chat, because it's hard to be on video and typey type. Uh, I do it occasionally, but it's, I am so grateful for all the help. And then, of course, we're grateful for TechSmith sponsoring these, making sure that uh, as part of my job, I get to help you guys out. Uh, if you do have comments, questions, thoughts, concerns, you can always email us at the Visual Lounge, the Visual Lounge, all one word, at techsmith.com. Let me just put this back up here so you can see it. You can, you know, look for the Visual Lounge logo. You can look for the the links wherever you might be. Appreciate it once again for everybody tuning in. Thank you guys. We'll be back next week with Owen Video. Video is not his real last name, but he likes to go by video. So till next time. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, we hope that you spend some time this week taking the time to level up whatever you're doing. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you next time.